You can build your audience on social media, but please build your business on email. Audience, our kids growing up and through their teens. People say that social media is the way to get in front of them, and the stats just show that is not true. Like they're as responsive by email as anybody else. You're only competing against yourself in this game that we call a business. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Now, more than ever, it's important to keep up on the latest marketing trends and topics, and this is just the spot. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Now Marketing Group. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 66 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I am Megan Powers, and my trusty co-host is Jen Cole. Hi, Jen Cole. How are you? I am doing fabulous today. How are you doing, Megan? Pretty good. You're pretty fired up. It's fall now, is it's it not? It's so fall. You should see <laughs> autumn, the other Autumn side. for our guests, right? They don't autumn. say fall across the pond. <laughs> it's autumn. <laughs> yeah, so autumn. And I don't think you know how many autumn pumpkin decorations I have in my house. 503. Probably close. <laughs> I saw one of your pictures you posted. You asked people to guess how many. Did anybody get it right? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. All right, y'all. This show is sponsored by Powers of Marketing. We provide strategic communication, development, and training for small to medium-sized businesses. Now, I'm pretty fired up about our guests today on many levels. In 2000, I got hired to, quote, do email marketing. They didn't even know what to call the job in 2000. So I used to be an email marketer, and that is our topic for today. And our guests are the amazing Rob and Kennedy. Hi, guys. Hello. All right. They're going to have many more words for you than that, I guarantee. These guys are awesome. Let me read their bio. Rob and Kennedy are from, and I'm going to mess this up, Newcastle upon Tyne. Is that right, Tyne? Bingo. Bingo. In the Northeast of England. You might know them as hosts of a very entertaining podcast, The Email Marketing Show, or as the founders of the survey platform that makes you sales response suite. Red-haired Rob is a comedy stage hypnotist, and platinum-haired Kennedy is a psychological mind reader or mentalist, as they call it in the U.S., who has spent almost 18 years each relying on their skills of getting into other people's heads to carve out successful careers in show business. Now, as founders of emailmarketingheroes.com, Rob and Kennedy's mission is to save the world from that that grubby old-fashioned email marketing we've all grown to loathe and give others the tools to become email marketing heroes in their small businesses. Rob and Kennedy are here to help you make more sales and grow your business by sending more email that people love receiving. Hello. That is awesome. You missed out handsome. You missed out handsome. I'm pretty sure we put handsome in there as well. (laughs) Well, and they also host a Twitter chat, which is how I met them, called Email Hour. And it is on Thursdays at noon, my time, noon Pacific, 8 p.m. in the UK. Yeah. Everyone else can do their own math on the other time zones. Sorry. (laughs) I I limited to two. (laughs) I do find that in the US, there's this East Coast preference for time that people give, like it's better. And I always give the time where I am. Because why do I have to do math twice? Like, why do I got to figure out what time it is where you are and then what time it is where I am? I'm just going to give you my time and you can figure it out. I think that's okay, Megan, because we all know West Coast is the best coast, right? It is. You know this. I've actually never been. I've never been to the West Coast. 
Never. Wow, you're missing out. I like both coasts. I have to say, I like you all equally. I do too, but I would rather live here because people do ask me that all the time. If you could live anywhere, where would you live? And I say, I would live right where I am because I could live anywhere and this is where I choose. <laughs> I'm not like being forced. I'm not handcuffed to my couch or anything. Although during COVID, it's been a little bit like that. And Jen's smack dab in the middle of the country in Kansas. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're right here literally in the middle of the United States, Wichita, Kansas. And Central Time definitely is the stepchild of the time zones. Yeah, nobody knows what that is. Oh, oh no. Do you know how much math we have to do? I went from work for a company in Pacific time in San Diego to now working for a company on Eastern time. And that has been a big shift in my life, especially with my wake up times every day. Yeah. It's a massive difference. Hey man, I understand. I think we should do the whole thing in mountain time just to mess with everybody. Even fewer people know what mountain time is. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Accurate. All right, y'all, we are going to get started. Jen, you want to kick us off? Yeah. I mean, we're just going to get right to it guys with a very simple question. Why is email marketing important and who should be utilizing it? I love that question. What a lovely opening gambit. I'm loving that. Well, okay. thank you. So, you're very <laughs> smart. The thing is, right, is, um, we have this saying, which is, you can build your audience on social media, but please build your business on email right? And the reason for that is email marketing is algorithm proofing your business. It doesn't matter if Zuckerberg changes his pants tomorrow and he decides to twiddle the knob on the algorithm or whatever he's twiddling. And it doesn't matter what he's twiddling. He can't affect you if it's on your email list. But if, if your entire business is on, and I'm not just picking on, on, on Flakebook, we're talking about Instagram, we're talking about Twittery one as well. We're talking about all of them. If any of them change their algorithm, you can't do anything about that. And you do it on the data. So let's say you fall out with them. Let's say they decide one day, because it happens all the time. People get their accounts closed on every platform for, air quotes, absolutely no good reason at all. I probably honestly wasn't spamming anybody or whatever, or just because they were just a bit grumpy that day and they get chucked off. The thing is, you can't do anything if that happens. So you can't download your, your Facebook data and upload it to another Facebook because there isn't one. Whereas, let's say you had a bit of a fallout with your email marketing provider. Guess what? They'll give you a little bit of notice. You can download your data. You can go and find another email marketing provider and you can upload it there. So yeah, social media, we get misquoted a lot saying uh, people think that we hate social. It's not true. You build your audience there. It's a great place. So I'll give you a, little, a quick analogy and then I'll let Rob get a word in edgeways. I promise you. We have this analogy, which is social media is a bit like if you're a rock band, right? and you're going to play at some kind of festival, right? There's a big festival, lots of different bands on. All the people are there. There's hundreds of thousands of people there, but they're not all there to see you. That is social media. Everyone's there. They're not all there to see you. But the moment they see you, you're the killers and you and you come on stage and you rock it. And I was there to see the prodigy and I was pretty excited, but the killers come on and I'm like, oh, they're much better than, you know, in real life. And then I buy a, a ticket for one of their concerts. That's email marketing. I'm now in their world. And that's the difference. It's the difference between it's whether it's your world or you're actually building your business on somebody else's land. That's why it's really important to do it right now because you don't want to build a business which could then suddenly, because of nothing you've done, suddenly be 
gone. And you know what? The conversions to sales are just higher by email than anything else by far. And this is a thing that has not changed other than the fact it's got better and better and better. Conversions from email are just higher than ever before. Selling on social always feels a bit icky. Like you can do it. We do it a little bit, but it always feels a bit icky. But selling by email, as long as it's done correctly, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in this, is is really, really powerful and really, really good. And you know what? If you've got an audience of people, if your customers like millennials or younger, like if your audience are kids growing up and through their teens, people say that social media is the way to get in front of them. And the stats just show that is not true. Like they're as responsive by email as anybody else. So email is so good for converting. I love that. I did not know that. And I know it's awesome. I just your last bit about the age thing. I would think that young the younger set would be less email inclined, but everybody's got a Gmail you know, account. Yeah, well, exactly. And the reason is, I think, remember, email came around as a replacement for snail mail, for the old fashioned mail, you know, for it's, but it's no longer this replacement for letters from your gran. No, it's, it's not that anymore. It's not electronic mail. It's email. It's its own thing. And actually, it's really just another app on your phone snuggled there between TikTok and Instagram. (laughs) And it's just another way of getting notifications in front of your audience the same way they get the, this person just liked or poked you. That's what it is. Remember remember that when you used to poke people on on the Facebook? Oh, yes. Moving on. (laughs) We we brought poking back at Social Media Marketing World a couple of years ago. It was hilarious. And so then we spent the next four days, like 20 of us all just poking (laughs) each other on Facebook. It was so funny. It became a big contest. Okay, so for someone who hasn't been collecting emails, addresses for their business. What's your advice as a first step to get started in email marketing? I think the very first thing is look at what you've already got going on in your business and figure out how can I make that point to where my email can be. So for example, we see loads of businesses who you land on their website and there's loads of stuff you could look at. You can look at the about them page, you can look at their testimonials, you can look at FAQs, you can contact them, you can do all this stuff, but you've got to really like root around to try and find where you can put your email address in. So the first thing is look at what you've already got going on. If you've already got a website and people are already landing on it, make sure one of the first things people see is somewhere where they can give you their email address. Because we know that bounce rates are an all-time high. People are leaving your website without taking action. Most websites are not optimized and designed to guide people down a path or down a sales conversation, which means that you've got customers landing on your website, which they're absolutely not qualified to do because they don't know how to use it properly. They're going to look around all over the place, not knowing where anything is or where they're supposed to look at things in what order. They're just not qualified to use your website properly. Instead, you need to get them on your email list and then you can start mailing to them. Likewise, a lot of the time, If you've got social platforms with an audience building there, again, most businesses are just not leveraging the proper opportunities to drive those people to go and give you their email address for some reason. And truthfully, that's so much more powerful. If you're paying or working hard to drive traffic to your website, and most of that traffic is leaving without doing a thing, that's just wasted money. Like You might as well not bother. You might as well spend that money and go to Barbados because it's just a better use of the money. Instead, if you drive that traffic to somewhere where you're going to pick up their email address, now you can do whatever you want with it. You can send them back to whatever page on your website. You can direct the specific message. And the truth is you can control the sales conversation. We have this discussion all the time about whether it's really email marketing or email sales, because most of the time we're selling stuff through email and the actual call to action to buy is there in the email. So you get to control that sales dialogue in the same way that a good salesperson, and we're not good salespeople actually face to face, like we hate it. But if you watch a really good salesperson control a conversation and lead that prospect where they need to be, you can do that with email really easily. I love it. Yeah. I'm in the middle of designing and writing two websites right now for clients. And you just gave me like three ideas for things.
things I need to be doing. We're definitely trying to get their email, but it's not as front and center as it needs to be. So little sneaky tip for you, by the way, right? Whatever the business is, if you can find a cool, interesting, like lead magnet thing, a free report, a free checklist, a free whatever that they can give you, that you can give away rather to get their email address, that's much more interesting than joining your newsletter or any of that stuff. You could actually take all the traffic that hits your website, retarget them back to a page with a very specific call to action to get something cool um, and then use that to get them into that route. Yeah, it's funny. Said just yesterday, I had a call with a, that client we were speaking about before we started recording CBD oil company, and I said, I said you need a lead magnet, you need to start building your list, and yeah. So this is all. See, this is part of the reason why I have the show. So I learned stuff. <laughs> I mean, we want our listeners to learn too, but who's really more important? I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Love you. <laughs> just kidding. Love you. <laughs> well, it's so funny because I've been attending Inbound this week, and this morning I listened to a session about email marketing, and I was really interested in to find out that someone mentioned the thing that people click on the most is your logo on your email. And so if you send them to a place where you want to send them to your lead magnet or to whatever free thing that you're trying to send people to, if if you link your logo to that, that can be very, very powerful and can build your email list even faster, which I thought was really interesting. I'm like, well, I would have never thought to link something like that to my logo in my email because you you always put it like in the body or at the bottom or something like that. But wow, (laughs) it was, it was pretty impactful for me. And so we're already on your list though, right? Yeah, but then there's also the people that are like Christine Gritman who are tweeting out their emails as well. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. wow, yeah. So it's, it's so clever. I'm like, that's a really good point. I would have never thought to do that. Really cool. Kennedy, but, did you have something you wanted to add on that? No, no. I mean, I was just basically thinking, you know, that the reason, what you remember is the reason people come to you, and this sounds really basic, but I think it's so easy to forget this when we're embroiled in the, in the technicalities and the detail of, of what we're building, websites and funnels and all this magic that we do, right? And what we're going to remember is the reason people are on our websites and the reason they would might even want to think about buying from us, joining our email list is because they have a desire, a problem, a challenge, a something that they want help with. And if you're the person who they believe can give them that help for something that's an urgent issue for them right now, then joining your email list to hear from you regularly in a way that's going to help them is a good thing. Like we were closing the keynote at a, at a conference just last year and we, we heard this guy in the was it from the stage or was it the bar afterwards i don't remember but he basically said ah oh, that email marketing is just about emailing people until they buy die or unsubscribe uh-huh. and i was like well i wanted to be sick in his mouth you know like it wasn't it wasn't it, it, it was it was horrid so we're like, yeah. no it's not actually it's and what we have to do with email is we have to remember it's not about emailing people when you want to make a sale it is absolutely not about emailing people when you want to make a sale it's about emailing people so that they have all of the information they need and all of the credibility has been built for the moment that they're ready to buy. And that's the big shift that's happened, the the real switcheroo that's happened in the way that we buy these days. We hate being sold to, but we like being nurtured. We like to be wooed. We like all, it takes us a lot more convincing. We live in the world at the lowest levels of trust ever right? We've got to do the work and we've got to let people make the decision themselves. Yeah, you're right. It really boils down to the conversions and building the relationships. And I think the email is a really powerful tool for doing that. So tell me, what are some key components to make an email marketing strategy successful specifically? One of the things I think is really interesting is to find out what Rob was going to say. No, uh, <laughs> what you have to do, you need two basic elements of your email marketing strategy in order for it to convert, right? The first one is you need to have a series of, we're going to call them automations just because 
some platforms have come into the space and messed up the terminology of good old email marketing, right? We're not going to mention who they are, but they know who they are. And they've messed up the words. Anyway, naughty. Automations. You need to have a bunch of automations which do particular things. The first thing you need to do is when somebody joins your list, you need to deliver the thing you promised them. If that's a lead magnet, if it's just, hey, you've joined my newsletter, whatever it happens to be. That's your first thing you need to absolutely do. At the same time as that, you need to have what we call a getting to know you sequence. And that is, for us, it's a four-part email sequence, a four-email sequence delivered once a day. And it's, the idea is that they get to know you and what to expect from being in your world. In our case, we're going to email you a really cool tip about email marketing every single day to help you make more sales and have an impact without people hating you. That'll be lovely, right? <laughs> we want them to know where else they can hear about us. They can hear about us on why you tune into the Email Marketing Show, our podcast, every single Wednesday. Go and do that. So they find out about us. The really important thing they also need to do is the getting to know you sequence needs to let us get to know them. That's why it's called a getting to know you sequence because we're going to use this opportunity to segment people and understand them. So you need to have what we call some core automations. And they're the absolute basics. You really don't want to run a campaign or run an email marketing without those two things. The reason being, if somebody just joins your email list and all they're getting is your day-to-day email, the email that you sit and write and send now, we call that a broadcast. If they get that and you're partway through a promotion, you're going to quickly feel like that friend who turned up to the party late, everyone's talking about something and you've got no idea what they're talking about. You're going to quickly want to have to go to the bar and just wait till that awkward conversation's over so you don't have to go, Who's Dave? Which Dave's that? What's your dog? What happened to his dog? Is that his dog or his cat or his octopus? What was it? You don't have to do that. Instead, you want to have everyone orientated so that they know what's going on. They've had that four-day campaign. And then, this comes to the second part, is your day-to-day emails, right? Which is whatever is the topical thing that you're talking about. And you want to have a really clear strategy for how you're able to communicate with people. And if you're going to do anything, honestly, one piece of advice, if you're going to have an impact with email marketing, is email people more often. Really. Email them more often. There is not a business who we've ever worked with who's ever made less sales by sending more emails. Ever. Right, Rob? I mean, correct. I mean, we email 365 days a year. We're slowly on a mission of getting as many businesses as possible to do the same thing. And that's a big step up. So initially, we would just say, if you currently send a monthly newsletter, I mean, the the monthly newsletter needs to just die and go away, okay? It's a terrible idea. It hasn't worked for years. It's not going to come back into fashion either. Effectively, uh, no offense to anyone who's got one, but you can't build a relationship with somebody you hear from 12 times a year. I mean, think about it this way. You post on Instagram maybe once a day, twice a day, three times a day, four times a day. Who knows? But if you post on Instagram every day or a couple of times a day, you wouldn't drop down to like once a month, right? So whatever you do on social, you can replicate that on email and you can do it even better. Because people think, right, that people think that I post on social media in order to deliver some sort of value to my audience. Like you're scrolling through Instagram, you see some lovely quote and it makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. So you share it and maybe you, you like it and leave a comment. Maybe you share it to your Instagram story so other people in your following can see it. And yeah, it makes you feel good. But people think about social media as doing that. They think about email as being the thing you do when you want to make a sale, like Kennedy said earlier, right? And it just isn't. You've got to realize you can have that same deep felt impact by email. We had a lady reply to one of our emails last month saying, we get people replying every day, but I'm using this as an example to show that how extreme it is. This lady said, I really needed to hear this today. This made me laugh. I've just been made redundant from work. And her coming home and reading our email that was selling her something made her feel good and brightened up her day after being made redundant that day at work. I mean, that just shows the power of it. And we were selling something in that email, right? That wasn't like a just a warm, fuzzy bit of content because we sell in pretty much every email. 
So I think you've got to realize that your emails, when you send them, can actually, in their own right, even if you took your business away and took the products out and you didn't have anything to sell, if it was just an email, those emails in their own right can deliver value to people as powerfully, if not more powerfully, than any social media content can. So if you step up that ratio of sending, that if you step up that uh, frequency, rather, of sending, it can only have a better, deeper impact on your subscribers, as long as you do it right. Yeah, and I think you've got to remember as well, people look at these emails and go, how many emails? And you go, okay, but also how many tweets? How many Instagrams? How many, how many Facebook posts? And you've got to remember, you are the only person in the world who sees 100% of your content. You're the only person who sees 100% of your emails. You're the only person who sees 100% of your Instagram posts. You're the only person who sees 100% of those things. And you spend time creating them. So you spend multiple times more time looking at your stuff than everybody else does. But how many times have you met somebody who you know has been on your email list or in your world, on your social media for months, and they go, what do you do? And you go, I talk about it every day. <laughs> right? <laughs> no one's as obsessed with your material as you are. <laughs> That's a very good point. I love that. <laughs> okay, so you kind of just answered my question. So I'm going to switch up my, I was going to ask about cadence of sending email is obviously constant. <laughs> I'm like, clearly. I was going to say, hashtag it all depends, but clearly, and it works for some and not for others. I have been unsubscribing from people who email me too much. So it, again, it all depends on what you're doing, what you're selling, whether you're providing value. You know, if I get multiple in one day, 100%. Like, no, I'm just going to, can I just jump in there for a very split second? Sure. Just got something I want to add. And this is what I'm going to say on that. And that is that if you have your favorite TV show, whatever that is, would you be upset or annoyed or happy if they said, right, we're going to stop airing that every day now. And we're now going to make it once a month. Would you be annoyed by that if it was your favorite TV show? Oh yeah. Uh, Of course. Yeah. So I know. And of course you're never, and of course you're never going to be mean if they, if they never be angry if they put more episodes on. So I think (laughs) your point there is a hundred percent accurate. It just goes to show how many people are doing this the wrong way. Right. No, for sure. And also where they are in their lives, right? Like at the beginning of of COVID, I unsubscribed from all the retail stuff because I didn't have any money to buy anything. And I didn't want to be constantly reminded that I didn't have any money to buy anything. Nor did I have anywhere to go and wish to wear (laughs) said clothes or shoes or whatever. Someone who just wore regular shoes for the second time in six months last week. (laughs) So no, no lie. So Okay, so I want to ask about text only. Like, so I heard it's all the rage. Like, the highest sort of, I don't know, activity or whatever, like, is coming from emails that are not all super graphic-y and, and pretty, but just are straight text. What do you guys say about that? I mean, we have no industry data on that, if I'm totally honest. Oh, like, I have okay. no idea what the industry says. I can 100% tell you what we say. Uh, right. And that is that text is the way forward. And for a couple of reasons. One, there is an argument to say that if you put loads of graphics and stuff, rich stuff in your emails, there is a chance it's going to get, like, flagged by spam and stuff. That's so dependent on a million other factors that there's not a hard and set rule, but it's definitely a factor. Um, But apart from anything, we like the emails to feel like they are coming from a friend to a friend. Now, people know they're not, but we just want them to have that feel. And if I was going to email Kennedy, I'm not going to take the time to put a button in and make the button look nice. So like even like buttons and things like that, we just scrap all of that out. I think Kennedy has one email in one of his businesses where he has the logo at the top of the email, but that's like really it. We don't do that with any of ours. Apart from like our members email, like members of our program, the league, we put the league logo at the top just so it has a bit more of an official feel to it. It feels different from our other emails. But generally, day-to-day emails are nothing but 
text with links in. The most formatting that we have is at the bottom of our emails. Going back to your point from earlier, actually, about people tweeting out emails, we actually have a thing at the bottom that says, did somebody forward you this email? Because we found out that a lot of people are forwarding our emails to other people. So we have a thing at the bottom that says, did somebody forward you this email? Click here so you can subscribe and then you'll get them yourself. So we put that at the bottom, but that's like the most formatting that we do. The only other thing we would occasionally do is if there's a video that Kennedy's recorded, then we might take a screenshot and put the video in the middle, the screenshot in the middle of the email just to make it a bit more interesting. But then that's as far as we go. I think one of the reasons that that works so much is if you put graphical elements in there, into that email, you're giving people more stuff to not like. If they don't like <laughs> that logo, that color, that font, if it makes them feel something, oh, I once got scammed by an email that had that font in it, or, oh, that my ex-girlfriend's font or you know whatever it is like there's more stuff to have to, there's more stuff to create friction basically and remember selling communication all of that is about reducing friction so what we want to do is we our, our, our format and the reason people really love our emails and the reason people are getting results from when we teach this is because our emails are all story led 90% of them are story led we'll tell you an interesting fun funny ridiculous rude maybe offensive story which then links into a some kind of lesson that comes from that story, which is about email. And what that means is we don't want you looking at the pictures and the logo and making judgments about, is this too narrow? Is it too... No, we want you just to read the words so we can communicate with your subconscious mind through storytelling. Because as soon as you get somebody to think of the story, as soon as somebody imagines something, now they're engaged. And that's how you get lower unsubscribe rates because people are engaged. And people think, are people engaged? Oh, engagement's about, did they click? No, it's not. It's about whether they emotionally connected with what you are doing in that email. And the only way to emote, the only way for us human beings know to emote is when we see something and we connect with it, which means we have, that's why stories work, right? So storytelling is the key to doing really good emails. And we're talking 150 word emails. We're not talking massive emails. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Well, and how do you know, what's the data on how engaged they are? If they're not clicking on anything or, you know, whatever, if there's not a call to action, how do you know? We almost never send so an email that doesn't have a call to action. Do we ever send one? Probably very rarely. It would only be if we were like setting them up for something that was going to start the next day. So if like there was a new campaign coming and the first part of that was, we're going to send you a video tomorrow, we might do a bit of warming up because we're very aware that selling anything is about creating belief and understanding in your subscribers' minds. Like they have to believe a whole bunch of stuff about you, about themselves, about the product, about the world about the situation, about the pain, about the solution, et cetera. And they have to understand a bunch of stuff. So we'll sometimes do like a pre-framing email that's designed just to teach them a cool lesson that conveniently will help them understand what they need to understand to take action tomorrow. But that would be the only real time that we don't put a call to action in an email. Okay. I guess it was the storytelling, knowing they're engaged in the story that I was drawn to in what Kennedy was saying um, in terms ah, of so knowing we track that. sales on that. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's so fair. Have you got a question coming up? We don't know the question. It's all like a big ambush surprise. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, have you got a question about stats coming up or should I cover that now? Go, Go for, for it. it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. People often ask us, like, what's a good open rate? What's a good click through rate that we should be tracking? What we should be going for? And the reason people obsess with those numbers is because those are the numbers that the email marketing service that you're using give you. They show you them. You, you send emails, they go, oh, your open rate was this and your click through rate was that. And you go, that's lovely. And they are fine numbers. And the answer to what those numbers should be is they should be increasing is the answer. There's no standard. There's just, you're only competing against yourself 
in this game that we call a business, right? That's all you're doing. You're just, we have a motto in our business, which is not we're trying to become the best. Yes, we have a mission, which is to help change the world of email marketing. But we want to make sure that we are just trying to do one thing, and that is not become the best, not anything like that. We are just trying to become less crap than we were yesterday. <laughs> that is it. The only motto, right? So just improve day by day. So the only metric we actually measure in any of our email marketing is our earnings per subscriber. That is it. So we take, and this is a, a metric that not many people talk about, but actually these are not Pokemon. You don't have to catch all of the email subscribers in the world. You're not collecting them and putting them into your Poke pouch, Pokemon <laughs> pouch thing. I don't know what it's called. I don't either. Pokemon pouch. Trick. Pokemon. <laughs> I imagine it would be like a bum bag. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll get a little do do dar and put it in my bum bag. That's anyway. fanny pack for you, US folks. Oh, gotcha, yes. Oh, yeah, but we can't say that because that means something very different here. Oh, right, um, right. Anyway. That's the- <laughs> So the, the way you calculate that number, because we're not here to collect email addresses, num- numbers of subscribers, because they're all people. What we're here to do is we're building an email list. The same reason we're building our audience, the same reason we're doing our social media is to build a business, to make sales, to make profit, to have a nice lifestyle, to give us freedom and choices, right? Okay. So in that case, why don't we just actually measure the metric we care about, which is sales? I don't care if I've got three subscribers and they're all paying me a million pounds each. I'll take them. I don't need... 10 subscribers then. I've got three and they're really good, right? So the number we're looking for is earnings per per subscriber. And we just do this month on month. So we look back at the previous month. So you look back at January of this year and you go, right, I have this many people on my list and I earned this from those subscribers. That's good. Then I look at February, I have this many people on my list and I have this many subscribers. And now this, this amount, is that number that you're earning going up or is that number going down? The number needs to go up. And that is it. That's the only number that really matters ultimately. Yeah. So if you are selling widgets and you're selling lots of widgets, that's awesome. It's like the, I think it's service-based things and all that that becomes a little bit harder to, um, but yeah, I love that. All that. All right. So it is halftime and we're taking a brain break. And, and so I want everyone to share what is your absolute favorite thing about autumn We'll call it Autumn in honor of our guests since that's their jam. And I'll let Jen go first because she saw the question in advance. And this is her like Super Bowl (laughs) this season. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. And I came up with the brilliant answer for this question too. My answer to what my favorite thing about Autumn is, it's this. It's the combination of football, (laughs) pumpkin spice, pumpkins, fall leaves, and Football, I said football, but I can say that twice. Yeah, it's definitely my favorite. Oh, and chili. It's a combination of all that stuff. That's what I do. That is the best way. You know, when somebody (laughs) says, you know, when somebody says, you know, what's your favorite marketing book? And you say, oh, can I give you three? And it's all golden. That's the sneakiest. Well, my favorite marketing book is a combination of, that's that's a combination (laughs) of, that's how you get around that question. Thank you. Save that one for future interviews, you guys. (laughs) You could use that. (laughs) Um, I knew at least three of those were going to be in there. Um, Kennedy, what about you? What do I like the most about autumn? I'm not really very seasonal. I like the fact I get to put my favorite jacket on. I've got like a really nice tailored uh, woolen jacket that I really like. And so I get to wear that and I've got to put it on for the first time today. So that's what I really like. The change in clothes, very smart. It's very like, ooh, nice, big collar. It's a bit flat, a bit fancy. So yes, that's, I think I like, I like the clothing. Yes, that's, that's, I'm going to go with okay. that. Okay, I like it. Cool. Rob, what about you? I would say mine's a combination of, well, I have this weird thing where, first of all, when the, just when the air starts to get more crisp, 
crisp towards the end of autumn. I really like it when the, you go out on a morning and the air feels more crisp. But the real thing, so I have this weird thing about sounds. So like the particularly the sounds that your feet make when you're walking on different things. So for example, as a performer, obviously we're on stages a lot and not during the pandemic, we haven't been, but generally. And so one of my pre-show like rituals that I'll do before my theatre show is I like walk the stage and just listen, just switch off from everything else that's going around me and just listen to the sound of the stage. It's like a sound that you can't hear anywhere else. So there's that. But also, oh. um, so the sound of like of autumn leaves and all of that stuff underfoot when you're out for a walk, I think it's just one of the most brilliant things. If you switch off from everything around you and just listen to that, become very mindful. I knew you liked the sound of your own voice, but you also like the sound of your own footsteps. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's quite unique. <laughs> That's a fantastic answer. It is. Thanks. Yeah, and mine is football. Yeah. American football. Tear your ACL season, unfortunately, in the NFL right now. And so most of my team is banged up at the moment. Um, I'm not all that thrilled about that. And the oh. fact that I don't get to actually be at the games, yeah. however, is giving me something no else to look forward about. to on Sunday. I know, I know. Some of the people <laughs> who are listening do. So American football. I mean, you get American football in the UK. Don't pretend like you've never actually, but you guys are probably not sporty guys. So it's all good. No worries. <laughs> no worries. The answer, Rob, you win officially. <laughs> Oh, thanks. <laughs> that was unique. It wasn't a contest. I'll make a note of that. It wasn't a contest. But, but if it was, I would have won. But I just, just made it. You that, totally yeah, would have won. Records. Yeah, yeah. All right, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Okay. So I guess we've talked a lot about email marketing, but I, w- I want to know kind of how your email marketing can work in tandem with the rest of your marketing. Like we always hear how everything needs to be consistent. How can you do that with your email marketing? I think one of the things that's really important to realize is that email, like we said earlier, doesn't like, it's not like in combat with your social media or with anything else it all has to flow together so for us the first thing that we want to take the opportunity to do when somebody gets onto our list is to put them everywhere else we can possibly put them in our business so we have our free facebook group the email marketing show community we're not very good at naming things um so we just want to put people in that we want to get people to follow us on instagram we want to get people across onto the twitter hour and the twitter chat and so what that really means is that the minute somebody comes in we want to suddenly like pick them up and just go do you know there's this and there's this and there's this and there's this and we sort of signpost them to all the places they could possibly go and then do that on a regular basis like in the bottom of all of our emails it says did you know you can be in our facebook group as well so we want to make sure we're pushing people into as many different places as we can because the truth is if you send loads like if we sent 10 emails a day sure at some point some people are going to start to get annoyed but we can definitely send an email every day and we can tweet i don't know how many times we tweet probably like a million times a day and we can post on instagram twice a day and we can do this and we can post in the group every day and so now somebody gets to be surrounded by our message on a daily basis and it all sounds consistent. We're all talking about the same things in all of those different places. Even though I do the emails and Kennedy does some of the social content, we, we're talking about the same things. We follow the same rules. We have the same beliefs, the same principles. So we're talking about that stuff everywhere. And so it has this feeling of what we call being 3D. It means that people get to see you represented from all different angles. And you know what? If they have a day where they switch off from their inbox that day, that's totally fine because they're probably going to be on Facebook and therefore they'll see us in the group or they might open Twitter and then they might see one of our million tweets that day. So I think it's really important that you just want to make sure you're pushing people to be everywhere because then it just works. And you know what? We've seen a definite bump. Our Facebook group is relatively new, like within the last, certainly within the last 12 months, but like probably within the last six months, maybe, I don't know, but it's fairly new, but we saw a distinct bump in sales from our emails and we track every sale of everything with like UTM parameters and stuff. So when a sale comes in, we can run a full report on exactly what made that conversion happen. 
And whilst email is the biggest converter of sales in our business, because it's the place we usually talk about stuff, we saw a definite bump in sales from email when we introduced the Facebook group. Like it wasn't that like it was a hockey stick of an increase. And so it's really interesting to see that when I'm sending an email about something and the day before Kennedy made a post that helped build belief and understanding about that thing, that supports that sale. Because when they read the email, they already feel familiarity. They already feel context. Like they already feel like it's built up. So those different sort of like media already worked well together yeah boom mic drop we could just end the show right there but we have more questions for you kennedy did you want to add anything to that (laughs) no i would have just said it all but handsomer (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i'm curious between the two of you do you co-create your content or how do you divide the duties yes i just said duty yes yes so basically the way we sort of work it is it's not completely basically we both write the strategy on a weekly basis. So every Wednesday, so we're recording this on a Wednesday. So every Wednesday we, we have our strategy meeting about what's happening, what we're doing, what we're working on, what promotions are happening, what worked, what did not work. Cause we do stuff that does not work. Obviously we're not, we're not actual superheroes and uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> and then we, have our, we also have our month to come meeting, which where we do the, the slightly longer term strategy. But at the moment we have to plan our strategy on a month by month basis because of the way the world is moving very quickly. And yeah, so basically once we've we've strategized what's going to go where and how many emails are in that sequence or how many posts are in that sequence then and how each one's going to build up the actual getting in there and writing that email is almost almost always rob there's very few except there's a couple of times where i'll get in and write an email but it's very very rare so rob does that and if it's on social in general it'll be me and the basic way we look at it is i'm the person like on the front i'm like the the handsome one at the door who welcomes you in and says hey how are you doing and brings you in <laughs> and all the engagement and all the all that nice stuff and then i hand you and i get you onto the email list and then that's over to rob to nurture that relationship and do the sales bit okay so kennedy are you primarily the one in the chat or not in the twi- oh, in the twi- rob has hosted email hour <laughs> Rob has hosted email hour one time. Okay. And I said, how did it go? We said, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's just so funny. You know, you don't know. Whenever it's two people and they don't sign their name, it's always like, who's behind the logo today? You know, like that I had a feeling it was Kennedy. That's funny. Now, based on talking with you guys for a little bit. Even when I drove it for the night, like he wrote all the content and pre-skewed it. I just like retweeted things and said hello. You just drove the car. You didn't pay attention to the GPS that have the house cut either. Exactly right. I love that analogy, Megan. That's amazing. Okay. It's funny because there's like there's emails that also go out under my name, but Rob wrote. So it's because we do have to create this constant thing of Rob and Kennedy. Like it has right. to feel like, and, and it's really important that we're aligned. And, and luckily we've been friends for such a long time and we talk about email all day. I mean, it's, it's really <laughs> sad how much we think it is. We honestly need to get friends or sporting interests or something. But instead we talk about email all the time. So we, we will almost always come up with the same answer. Sometimes we'll have a different... So when we're doing co- the coach, the group coaching calls for our program, The League, which we had one today, actually, where we get all of our members together, we help them directly with their email marketing. We'll sometimes have two different ways of achieving the same result, but almost always it will be the same way. 
almost always. What do you think about using emojis in the subject line? And then also in addition to that, like we've touched on this quite a bit, and I know that you guys are all for text in the body, but what do you think about those people who are using GIFs in the body of their email? I also want to know what makes okay. the subject line make it openable. Like what, what kind yes. of tips and tricks that you guys have for that? That was part of it. Yeah, so some really, I mean, we get asked about subject lines a lot. People, we, we all obsess over these subject lines, don't we? We're like, yeah, right. let's, let's rock a subject line. Okay, let's talk about emojis first. Emojis right now, for most people, as we're recording this, are really performing well. Of course, what that means is, like everything, marketers will break it, right? Because yeah. marketers ruin everything. You know, Facebook was fine until we all did. So, what's, so right now, where the what's interesting is, yes, there are some spam triggers involved in using emojis in your subject lines, but what you have to weigh up is the sales, the ultimate goal. So even though you might be getting a higher percentage of emails going to the spam filter, the spam box, if that's still outweighed by the number of sales you're making from the ones that are not, then you have to go with the ultimate metric. And you have to just figure out what your North Star metric is. In our case, it is sales. So that's one of the things. I think also some subject lines are more spammy than others and using lots of them. Like if you don't put any actual text in your subject line, you're going to get a few extra points against your name in terms of this might be a bit of a suspicious message, right? Right. Yeah. So in terms of like the content of your emails. So let's get into that and then we'll come back to actually how to write subject lines, which which work. The content is in terms of GIFs. We use GIFs. We don't use them a lot. We use one GIF during our getting to know you sequence, that initial onboarding sequence that when someone comes into our world for the first time. It's a GIF that you may have seen of me on, on the email hour where I'm sort of going, woohoo! Yeah! Because like the whole, point that, the whole point of that email is to say, Kennedy's really excited that you've joined our world and he's excited to share with you all these really cool things. So we want to show our personality. So it's a custom GIF. Sometimes we'll, we will use a GIF. I would say we use more GIFs in our emails to our members than we do for promotions. Again, for the very reason of we don't want to distract you. We don't want you to go, oh, that's really funny. I'm going to forward that gift to my friend. Guess what? I just lost your attention. I just lost the only reason I'm emailing you, which is to continue building these beliefs and this story in your mind. So if it's taking away from that, no, but GIFs and images and stuff like that are useful if they help with credibility. One of our other emails has a photograph of Rob and I doing the closing keynote at a rather big event in the UK. We use that because we want to prove what we're saying. We want to prove our credibility. So there is definitely space for it, but it has to be adding to your message. It can't just be, oh, I want to be quirky. Because you don't have to be quirky, right? You don't have to be. Like, that's just one modality. Subject lines. Okay, so people do obsess over what to do with subject lines. The big thing to do is remember, some mistakes people make is they will often think about writing the subject line first and then writing the email. Almost never does that create a good subject line. Write the email first and then go write. What's the subject line that's going to get them to open this email? And then this brings me on the second mistake people make, which is they do not give someone the answer, the solution, the how, what the answer in the subject line. Otherwise, they've got no reason to open the email. So I used Facebook to generate 600 leads. Great. I don't need to open the email anymore because I don't... If you'd said the strange way that I... Here's a really weird way that I generated 600 leads last week. I need to open the email to find out it was Facebook. So make sure that the answer... And we say this. I mean, it's amazing how often this happens. People give the answer in the subject line. You don't want to do that. And here's the ninja bit. The subject line is not the whole thing. There's three bits to getting your email opened. Four, actually. Three and a bonus. The first one is your send from name. Too many people are sending from a brand 
not from a person. Change your change your from name when you send from your email marketing platform where it says who, who's it come from and it appears on that left-hand side. If you change it from being a brand name, so if you went from powers of marketing to Megan, you will increase your, your open rate almost certainly and you'll certainly deepen your relationship because we now know we're receiving an email from a person. Next thing you want to do as part of that is you want to tell them which Megan you are because I got an email from a Tom last week. I didn't know which Tom he was because I know four different Toms. So I don't know whether I want to open his emails because it's the Tom I really like. I want to receive his emails. Always oh, boring Tom. I don't want to read boring Tom's emails. So I want to make sure. So you're going to have Megan powers of marketing. That's going to tell me exactly, which means you're going to get the open rate that you deserve, not somebody else. Then you've got your subject line. That's great. The third bit is the preview text. That bit of text next to the subject line. Use that to compel people to open. It's basically an extension of the subject line. People, again, might not give it away in the subject line, but they might give the whole gambit away in the preview text. Don't do that. The final thing that affects that open rate is going to be your reputation with them in terms of relationship in their mind. Don't break your relationship or sacrifice your relationship with your email list. You want to have it so that you give value every time you email. So when they receive an email from you, they go, Jen always sends really good stuff. I'm going to read this. It's going to be fast. I'm going to like it. I might have a laugh because she's fun. And she's going to talk about how love she loves the fall, autumn, whatever she wants. And then I'm going to, I'm going to read it. So hopefully that, that helps. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot to be said for brevity, I think, especially these days. We get to the point um, within the message. I love that. Okay. So we're getting close to time. So I am, or we're a little bit over. So I'm going to ask you both, Rob and Kennedy, what's one final thing about email marketing that you haven't already mentioned that surprises people? And I'm going to let Rob go first because Kennedy needs to catch his breath. I think one big thing for me is really that you can you can give value and sell in every single email that you've got and that doesn't get tiring. I think there's a lot of people who think that they need to do a big sprint of value delivery in the build up to like the time where they can do a pitch. And that goes as as, as extreme as people emailing their list for like 3 weeks or 4 weeks straight with blog posts and podcasts and articles in the body of the email and more value 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 in order to like build up this goodwill in their head that they can then go ahead and and sell. And actually the truth is people will get bored of that as quickly as they will of you selling, just uh, hardcore selling at them every day. And so what happens is you might spend three weeks boring the teeth out of people with all this value stuff and they switch off just before you start the promotion, right? And Ah. that's wasted everybody's time. Um, So for us, you want to make sure if if you're going to send an email, make sure there's some value in it. So usually for us, again, as Kennedy said, that's some sort of quirky, interesting story about something that went on. Usually nothing to do with email marketing or whatever it is that you do when you send your emails. Nothing to do with your like your products or your service or anything. Uh, Just a fun story about something that happened. And then transition that, when I say transition, I do mean shoehorn, that into a lesson and a sales pitch for the thing, for people who want to take it further, who want to go and buy it. So yeah, thing that surprises people is that value and selling don't go, like they're not separate things. They can work together really well. I love that. That's super important. And I'm working with a nonprofit right now. So not asking for a donation every time, that's a tricky thing. So I have a lot of work to do when I set out to do that. I'm creating the strategy at the moment to move forward with. So this is all super valuable. Kennedy, what do you think? What's what's one final thing? Yeah, I think what's really beautiful is people are, people obsess over, I don't have a big email list. We, in the last week, have heard my list isn't very big from people with 800 subscribers, 20,000 subscribers, and 37 subscribers. All of them saying, I don't have a very big email list. And the thing is, what's really nice with email compared to social media is from the moment you get your very first subscriber treat them like they are a list that 
is is much more large. Um, or or in, in reverse, really, if you've got a hundred thousand people, treat it like a subscriber of one. So you treat so you're speaking to one person. The reason is one subscriber doesn't know they're the only subscriber. On social media, you can see you've only got one one follower. You can see that email. You can't see. So what's nice is start as you mean to go on. Use that as the training ground for you. What comedians call uh, finding a place to be bad. Right. So that's what you can do from the day you've got your first subscriber. You have got a big enough list to nurture a relationship and make sales. You absolutely have. So list size, forget it. List relationship. That's where the real magic happens. I love that. That is a perfect, perfect way to round out the show. I can't thank you guys enough. Robin Kennedy getting to see their faces at the same time and getting to hear their funny selves. All right. I'm not, I, I, because I produced the show, I listened to it three times and I'm fully going to listen all three times, all two more three times that I ended up having to listen to it because there was so much good stuff. And Jen will probably even listen to this one back. <laughs> oh yeah, I absolutely will. There's a lot of good stuff and I'm doing email marketing for some of my now clients. And oh, so okay. this is key. This is amazing. I've learned so much. Fantastic. All right. So the best place to find you is? Of course, there's the podcast, The Email Marketing Show. So you can okay. find that every single Wednesday. Just head over to theemailmarketingshow.com or of course, we're on your favorite podcast player, wherever you're listening to this right now. Just search for The Email Marketing Show and uh, you'll find us. Subscribe. Uh, listen, it's like us one week and then it's us with a guest the next week and then it's us the next week and then it's us with a guest the next week. I could go okay. on, but you get the idea. Yeah, I get the idea. The other place, if you like what you've heard in this and you want to talk about how maybe it applies to you and maybe you've got questions that are coming out of this, which I totally understand. You might think, I couldn't do that thing or how would I do that thing? Totally understand that. We'd love to help you out with that. And that's why we hang around in our free Facebook group. It's the Email Marketing Show community. We are in there all day, every day, probably too much. So we should probably get some work done but do come and hang out and go to facebook and look for the email marketing show community and we'll see you in there fabulous thanks jen get a big game on sunday good luck against the ravens yeah yeah i think the odds are interesting It'll be good. Afraid. all right we, she and i are big you know football fans so we always got to talk a little a little football in the, in the <laughs> fall football fall indeed all right, friends, this has been episode 66 of Making a Marketer, and we will catch you next.